Bobby, where's Bobby? Oh, introduce your crew. You're Bobby's crew. Wow. Which you deserved. Amen. And Pastor Marianne and her, her husband graduated the same year that I did. I think that's, that's really cool. That was a good year. Amen. And I believe there's a lot of us still out there functioning. Amen. Well, greet one another. Then we're going to give our declaration this morning. I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips.
I said we're going to sing that again. Amen. Glory. Glory to God.
say the battle belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to us. Glory to God. Father, we worship you. We honor you. Spirit of grace, we welcome you this morning. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you're speaking to the church in this hour. We come before you, Lord God, in reverential fear. And Lord God, we acknowledge you as the supreme court justice of the universe. We worship you. We glorify you. We honor you. And all God's people shouted, Amen, 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 Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God gives gifts to man. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And so I want to read this portion of, a, of Scripture that talks about the gifts of the Spirit, the spiritual gifts. It says in verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. He is not just writing to the Corinthians. He's writing to the church. That's us. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith. That's supernatural faith. That's beyond our normal faith that's given to all people, all believers to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. There are nine gifts listed here, seven of which functioned all throughout the Old Testament. Two, the gifts of, gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues just became operational in the New Testament. But they're all for us today. But he, he, he distributes as he wills. No one person has all nine functioning all at the same time. But we, just for the sake, and a lot of these gifts will function and flow together, but for the sake of understanding there are nine gifts that can be divided into three categories. There are the ones that do something, there's the ones that say something, and the ones that reveal something. The ones that say something are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. The three that do something is faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And there are three that reveal something, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. 
And if you start, we start to understand these things, how God works. Remember, the word of God is our, our play manual. It teaches us how to function, how to flow, and brings us understanding. And we're going to talk about these more in the future, but just for the sake of time, today I'm going to just briefly talk about the three revelation gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the gift of discerning of spirits. The word of knowledge brings supernatural revelation concerning things past and present. It reveals facts. There are Old and New Testament examples, and there are too many to go through them all right now, but what I did was write this out. And if you're interested in studying that yourself, you can pick one of these up and be studying that the next week. But if you've ever watched, just as an example, Mario Morello, if you've watched him, he, even at the convention in Council Bluffs, he's ministering. And all of a sudden, up in the crowd, he'll say, this person there has this, 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 and this. And usually it has to do with a sickness or disease. And God's healing that right now. When he picks that out, that is a fact. That is present tense. It's happening now. That is the word of knowledge. Okay? Then there's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom always speaks of the future. It is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God. It isn't just foretelling the future. There's an example in Isaiah. When Isaiah comes to King Hezekiah and he tells him that the Spirit of God said he is going to die shortly. And Hezekiah goes and he pleads to God and repents. And because of that change of heart, that, that what was foretold was held off 15 years. So there's, there's some elements there we have to understand. It's not just telling the future. It's telling the mind and the will and the purpose of God. In many cases, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operate together. For example, if you want to look at Acts chapter 9. This is Ananias. And so many people teach that the gifts of the Spirit are just for ministry gifts or just for back in the the Old Testament or the early parts of the New Testament. But this is talking about Ananias. Ananias, it never says that he was a five-fold ministry gift. He was a believer. And it says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision. Lots of times the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom will come through a vision or a dream, and then it has to be expressed verbally. So it came to him in a vision, and this was a word of knowledge. He says, Ananias. And Ananias says, here I am. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. That is present tense. That is happening now. It's a fact. And Ananias had no way of knowing that in the natural. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard about this man, how much harm he's done to the saints in Jerusalem, and here he has, a, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind and call on your name. But the Lord said to him, now this is word of wisdom, 
Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles. That is the purpose of God. So that he was speaking that forth, that is a word of wisdom. Kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your road came as you came, you sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose, and he was baptized. And when he had received food, he was strengthened. God used Ananias, a believer, to work through the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge to minister to Paul. So it's for it's for laymen. It's for everyone. And God, that's the only time in the scriptures I think that Ananias is even mentioned. So word of knowledge, present or past, word of wisdom, future, laying out the mind and purpose and will of God. And the third of the revelatory gifts is the discerning of spirits. God gives spiritual insight into the spirit world. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom apply to people, places, and things. Discerning of spirits only gives supernatural insight into the realm of the spirit. It deals with both good and bad spirits, not only evil or demonic spirits. If you one more scripture in Isaiah, I know I'm uh, flying through this. Actually, in 2 Kings, if you look that up, 2 Kings chapter 6, but in Isaiah 6, he, he discerned, and you can look this up on your own, he discerned the spirit of the Lord. John on the island of Patmos in Revelation discerned the Holy Spirit through a vision. So it's not just out looking for devils around every corner. The discerning of spirits deals with all kinds of spirits, and there are good spirits out there. And I think the best, my favorite scripture for this is in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with cities, with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered the master, Elijah, said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he might see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. That was the discerning of spirits. His eyes were open to see in the spiritual realm. In 1 Corinthians 12.1, Paul speaks of the, to the whole church and said it is not good that we are ignorant of spiritual gifts. Not every person is going to have every gift, but the gifts should be operating, all of the gifts should be operating somewhere throughout the body of Christ. And we are seeing a rise in that now, particularly with the prophets moving. When the Holy Spirit is in manifestation, he will always proclaim Jesus as Lord and, and Christ will be acknowledged and magnified. They should never attract attention to man, but always to Christ. Now, we'll talk more about these in the future. That was a real brief covering of the revelatory gifts, word of knowledge, word of faith, and, and discerning of spirits. So if you, after the service, if you'd like to study that out on your own, I have scriptures written out, and you may do that. 
Right now we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, the ushers will give you an envelope if you raise your hand. If you want an accurate receipt at the end of the year, please fill this out accurately. And we do have, last week we talked about a baptismal. We have it ordered. It will be a while before it gets here, but if you would like to sow seed into the expense of that, just mark in other and put baptismal in the amount that you're giving. We appreciate your faithfulness. glad you're in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I want to read to you, Nate handed this to me. (coughs) Nate's our trucker. He trucks all over the United States. And God speaks to him prophetically. And he handed me this today and for me to look at. And I read it and it just bore witness with my spirit. So I'm going to try to read it. And he writes in prints like I do. It's kind of hard to, but I think I got it. God says, I'm Jehovah Jireh, I'm more than enough. So many are focused on the sea waiting for it to part, but the sea has already been parted. And just as I'm bringing the sea down on your enemies, I'm bringing you through the wilderness to the promised land. Don't stand on the border of the promised land looking in, complaining about all the things that have been going on. If you do, you won't enter into the promise. Remember, I am with you, but I also am before you. I go to prepare a place for you in this life, though that place is in the presence of your enemies. The ones that haven't given in to serving evil, they are seeing my light in and all around you, for you are my body. Now, this is the part I like, so keep up. Don't lag behind. Don't complain. God is moving. It ain't over till it's over. Amen. I was going to say the fat lady sings, but. Um, Kathy will be ministering next uh, Sunday morning. And she's going to continue on the, on the gifts of the Spirit. Because I really believe in the days ahead, the gifts of the Spirit are going to operate not just through the fivefold ministry, but through you. On the street, at work, at school. I believe that with all my heart. 
So I want to go in. I won't give you everything I have today, and but I'll, I want to kind of review, and then I want to give you a, a, a end with a psalm. But we said our purpose for this series is to help you, the believer, become more God inside minded. We said the things we allow to dominate our thoughts will shape our future. You and I must see ourselves and others through God's eyes. You and I must believe God's word and confess what his word says about who we are in Christ. Never judge yourself by your past or your weaknesses. Don't forget that. Too many people overvalue what they are not and undervalue what they really are in Christ. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're royalty. And you need you need to think that way and you need to develop an attitude. Bobby the biker has an attitude. And it's carried over, but that's all right. That's why we love him. Because he has, he projects an attitude. Amen? And we need to have that attitude as sons and daughters of the Most High God. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We had our convention of states meeting in here uh, last Tuesday. It really wasn't convention of states. It was patriots arising, and it's, it's really good. And God is arising. But there was a woman in the back that put her hand up and she says, I'm scared blankety blank. I can't say what she said. It had to do with poo-poo. So she was that scared. And, you know, it didn't shock me, but it helped bring me, helped me realize there are people genuinely afraid right now. And they're motivated by a spirit of fear and they shouldn't be. And and I, I I I liked what Nancy said. We were out visiting later, and she she just in her Nancy way said, "I'm not afraid." See, I'm not afraid. People don't they just don't have a clue. As born again, spirit filled Christians, our authority in Christ Jesus. So it's important what you meditate and what you think about. And I want to read to you. I'm going to read it to you from the from the Message Bible, the Apostle Paul. What he says. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 24, he says, I want you to know how glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering Christ takes on. I welcome the chance to take my share in the church's part of that suffering. When I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift. God's way of helping me serve you, laying out the whole truth. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery, in a nutshell, is just this. Christ is in you. Therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. If we would just get a revelation of who we are in Christ, that Christ is in us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Too many Christians, I like what our Apostle Mike, he says, they're, they're Bobby blend in. We're not to blend in into the world. We're to stand out. People should know when we walk into a room, the atmosphere changes. You say, that's an attitude. Yes, it is. 
So quit beating yourself up. Know who you are in Christ. Amen. We said the revealed mystery of God is simply Christ living in you. When Paul uses the expression in Christ, he's revealing to the believer the new life he has through his relationship with Christ. I read this to you and and Rick Renner made this statement. He says, the moment you receive Jesus as your savior by faith, God sowed his spirit and word into your heart like a seed. Say like a seed. And you were spiritually born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And just like apples always produce apples, God's seed inside you immediately begins to produce God. So it all starts with the seed. And the sad thing is too many believers die. Yes, they go to heaven, but they never develop the seed on the inside. The word of God wasn't important to them. Praying was not important to them. Worshiping on a regular basis was not important to him. And regular church attendance was not important. And that's why they're, they're dwarfed. They're, they, they're, they're, they're a seed that has never been developed. Let it not be said that we're that way here. Amen. Each believer is placed into Christ at the new birth. But he is in Christ as a seed. And unless the spiritual roots of his being root themselves into the life of Christ or the word of God, stability is impossible. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5. There are too many Christians out there. They're well-meaning believers. They love God, but they're afraid They have no vision. They can't see what's coming because they've never developed the seed on the inside. This is what is that we're being warned in Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to start verse 9. It says, having been been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you've become what? Dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled In the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of practice have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Listen, if you're a born again believer filled with this spirit, you should be able to discern good and evil. Just like the discerning of spirits, you discern good. I can meet people and like them right away. These people from Colorado, they're all kind of, they're all kind of people. Amen? But then you can meet people and there's a red flag. You gotta get to that point where you're, you're very discerning of, of people. It's not like you're looking for devils in them, but you, in these last days, you've got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen? 
It goes on, says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to maturity. So what should we do, people? Grow and mature. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. See, it all comes down to our hearing. And I'll read this to you from Amplified without going through all the parable of the soils. You know the, the good soil. And in Mark 4 and 20, the Amplified says, And those sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it. And what's the result? They bear fruit. So you have to what? Hear the word receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit. That's the way you and I need to come through the doors in church. We're coming expecting to receive from the Spirit of God, from the Word of the Lord. It's an attitude. But if you're complacent, if you're indifferent, and you just walk in the door, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever be, will be, will be, will be, you're not going to get anything. See, this morning's worship was, was good and it was, it was powerful because we're pressing in. We, we've got to do that. And then this is what Jesus said in verse 24. He said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. More besides will be given to you who hear. Those whose attitude is one of disbelief or indifference will lose whatever ability for understanding they had and therefore they will continue in ignorance. So you and I have a responsibility. Look at Luke 14. This is kind of a detour, but I was reminded of this this morning. I believe it was the Spirit of God quickening this parable to me in Luke 14. This is parable the great supper. And I realize this is what Jesus is sharing here is in regards to the nation of Israel. And because of their attitude of indifference. The gospel was open to the Gentiles. But listen to this because this applies to us today. It says then he said to them a certain man have had gave a great supper and invited many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to what? Make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I have asked you to have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house being what? Angry. Said to the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. Bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it's done as you commanded, and there's still room. 
Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. See, it comes down to our attitude, our attitude towards the word of God. Our attitudes towards gathering together in the local church. If it's one of indifference. And listen, human beings, it's just natural. They, they know how to make excuses. I'm telling you in this hour, folks. The day of excuses is over. Either you're in or you're out. Let that sink in. Either you're in or you're out. There were a few on the ark. They were in. And there were some that were left out and they perished. Sobering thing. We, we live in an hour. It's not playing church anymore. Patriots arising should have arisen a long time ago. Convention of states should have taken more ground a long time ago. Is it too late? No. It's not too late. And that's the good news. But you got to get in and get involved. It's so important. Let me read to you from the Amplified. From Psalm chapter 1. Just says it in a little different, different way. Blessed, happy, and fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly following their advice, their plans, and purposes. That's where the church needs to be right now. We're not following the world's advice, plans, or purposes. We're following the Father's. Amen? Nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest, where the scornful and the mockers gather, but his delight or her delight and desire is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Well, if you do that, here's the result. And he shall be like a tree firmly, say, planted. Planted. And tended by the streams of water, ready, say ready, to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaves shall not fade nor wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. I, I want everything I do to come to maturity. Not so the wicked, those disobedient and living without God are not so, but they're like the chaff, worthless, dead, without substance, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked, those disobedient and living without God shall not stand justified in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, those who are upright and right standing with God, for the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous." But the way of the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish and in ruin and come to naught. <clears throat> you and I have to get planted. And I said this, and I've said this since I started way back in the early 80s as a pastor. 
the days of roaming around from church to church, from meeting to meeting, convention to convention, it can't be that way anymore. There's nothing wrong with doing those things, but you got to have a church. Can I have an amen, Pastor Mary Ann? You got to have a church. Has your husband ever said that? You got to get get into church. And sometimes if you've not been in a church, it's an awkward transition because you come in and it's, it's just a different thing if you've not been planted. But you need to be. You need to get planted. Look at Psalm 92. Psalm 92. I, this has been one of my favorites for years and years. In verse 12, this, is, this, is, this psalm is about the righteous man and woman. And, and uh, I want you to see this in verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. There's hope for us, isn't there? They shall be fresh and flourishing or full of sap. To declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. God's will for you and I is to prosper and succeed. Your flourishing or my flourishing or being prosperous as a believer is connected to you being planted in the house of the Lord, not roaming or floating. Not roaming or floating. Not roaming or floating. A seed cannot grow and yield fruit until it is planted. If you keep uprooting it every now and then, that seed will never yield fruit. It's the same thing with us as believers. Flourishing is dependent upon you and I growing. And growing is dependent upon you and I being planted in the Word on a regular basis And in the local church. Many people want to flourish. But they don't want to get planted in the word. In the local church. First you put down roots. And then you grow. And bear fruit. Now some of you are planted. Some of you I hope are in the process of getting planted. I'll never change my my thoughts. And my attitude towards that. You got to get planted. I'd ask some of you that have been here and been planted through the years, has God prospered you? You get into the local church, you tithe, you do what God tells you to do, you'll be blessed. You'll discover your destiny. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, walk, regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with And conformity to him. Now listen to verse 7. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him. Fixed and founded in him. Could we substitute the word? Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in the word. Jesus is the word. 
fixed and founded in the Word, being continually built up in the Word, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. That's a good passage of Scripture. Let me read on two more verses. See to it that no one carries you off as spoil. Or makes you yourselves captive by this so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies, and plain nonsense. You know there's a lot of nonsense out there today. Following human tradition. Boy, are there people following this COVID thing? Instead of following after God? Following human tradition. Men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual word world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah. Now listen to this. For in Him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in Him. Say, I am in Him. Made and have come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. Say, I'm filled with the Godhead. I'm filled with the Father. I'm filled with the Son. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Conjunction and, and reach full spiritual stature. See, that's the goal. And He is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. Boy, that's, that's powerful. That's who we are. Now, turn and let's, let me, uh, read Psalm 112 to you. I'm almost done. We try to, between Kathy and I, feed you both every week. So you need to be listening to what she says and you need to be listening to what, what I, what I say because basically you're, you're gonna be listening to the Spirit of God if you're hooked up. Psalm 112. Here again I'm gonna read it to you. From the Amplified. And this is just basically about the the, the blessed you know um, nature and and what who the righteous are and what their blessings are. It says this: Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. I, I've quoted this. I mean, I'm, when I pray over my, my boys, I, I, I quote this scripture to God. His spiritual offspring shall be mighty upon the earth. My spiritual, spiritual offspring, I believe, will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Prosperity and welfare are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright, gracious, compassionate, and just, who are in right standing with God. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. 
Now, this is what I want you to see, because we're talking about being planted in the word, planted in the local church. Jesus starts in you as a seed, but you have a responsibility and I have a responsibility to develop that seed. It says this. In verse um, five, it says it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Verse six, he will not be moved forever. The uncompromisingly righteous, the upright in right standing with God shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid. He shall not be afraid. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is firmly fixed, trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. Verse 8. His heart is established and steady. He will not be afraid while he waits to see his desire established upon his adversaries. That's where the remnant is right now. He Now listen in verse 9. He has distributed freely. He's given to the poor and needy. His righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God endures forever. His horn shall be exalted in honor. The wicked man will see it and be grieved and angered. He will gnash his teeth and disappear in despair. The desire of the wicked shall perish and come to nothing. Now it says a lot, but I'm boiling it down to this. You and I need to have our hearts established. Same thing what we're talking about being planted in the church, planted in the word of God. Your heart needs to be established. In the Hebrew, it means leaning upon for support. Being unmoved, drawing near to form an attachment. That's interesting. The believer whose heart is established in God's word will not be afraid of evil tidings. I'll guarantee you. There's going to be some evil tidings in the days ahead. Will not be afraid of evil tidings. Not afraid of bad news. Is there any bad news out there? Not moved by contradictory evidence. The believer's heart who is established in God's word will not be afraid of evil tidings, not afraid of bad news, not moved by contradictory evidence, not moved by the world system, not moved by daily cares and anxieties. You and I can live with our hearts established, trusting in the Lord and not being afraid of anything Satan will try to bring upon the earth. The established heart trusts in the Lord. If you and I expect to trust in the Lord, then we need to trust in His Word. Believe the Lord and you'll be established. Believe His prophets and you shall prosper. That's trusting. Trusting in His Word because God and His Word are one and the same. You'll never be able to have your heart established except by the Word of God. So... You know, God blessed the woman back there that said the other day in that meeting she was scared blankety blank, but her heart's not established. That's why she's scared blankety blank. You and I have inside information. If God be for us, who can be against us? The battle is his, the victory is ours. Let's close with this. And when I say close, I mean close. Romans 8. 
Sometimes as preachers, we're, we're, we're guilty of not closing. But this is a great, a great passage of Scripture because we're talking about you and I need to get planted in the church, planted in the Word. Our hearts need to be established in the Word of God. Paul says, what then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who can be against us? You need to meditate. I need to meditate on that. If God be for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, it is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we're killed all day long, we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, yet, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, angels, nor principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you, when you find yourself getting a little concerned or anxious or fearful or doubtful, you need to get into the Scripture and start seeing yourself the way God sees you. It's so important. I'm going to close there. I didn't think I'd get all, through all that, but I did pretty good. Let's stand up this morning. I'm standing before royalty. I'm standing before the sons and daughters of the Most High God. See yourself that way. Amen. If you're not getting planted in the Word, get planted in the Word. Get more of the Word. Spend more time with God. If you're not planted in a local church, get planted in the local church. This might not be the church God calls you to. I just I said this last week. I was at a garage sale and this old man he had a hearing aid in. He says, I quit going to the Christian church because they were too loud. And I looked at him seriously, and he knew I was a pastor. He said, I said, don't come to our church. Because it's louder than the Christian church. And you won't be happy. And it was like I slapped him. But it's the truth. Because those people come into the church, they're just going to be full of doubt and unbelief. They're going to have their own opinions, and they're going to sit and complain. And we're in the hour, folks. We're done complaining. We're done judging the preacher and the worship leader and everybody else. We're here to come together as a body of believers to advance the kingdom of God, period. So get that in your heart and head. It's not about your ministry. I don't care what your ministry is. You come into this church. What's the ministry of God here? Hook in, yes, the kingdom of God. Plug in. I'm tired of hearing about other people's ministries. What are you going to do to help me advance the kingdom of God in Norfolk, Nebraska? Don't get me, I'm getting started now. 
I've got the Clint Eastwood twitch. God bless you. Humble yourself. Get in and serve in the local church. Then maybe God will promote your ministry. I was supposed to be done. We're not playing games anymore. We're not playing church anymore. Grow up. All of us need to grow up. Father, today we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is light. Your word is life. I have spoken and declared your word. Now, Holy Spirit, watch over the word that has gone forth. It will not return void or empty, but it will accomplish what the Father wants it to do. It will prosper in the thing that it was sent to. Angels of God, you hearken unto the voice of the Word of God and minister on behalf of this body of believers this week. I apply the blood of Christ to their households. I apply the blood of Christ to their children. I apply the blood of Christ to every member of their family and I see no weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that these people have received revelation knowledge of being planted in the Word so they can develop the seed. They get planted in the local church so they can fit and function as they're supposed to. We love you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us today what we do not see and showing us things to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're sick in your body and you need prayer. And as they come, I received a phone call at three in the morning on Saturday. As you're well aware of the Gantz, I told you had COVID. Um, And I knew it wasn't good, but Rhonda passed away. Some of you don't know who Rhonda Gann is. We've had Dr. Gann here for since the 90s. We're very close, and they've been a blessing to the ministry. But they couldn't revive her, and he was stuck at home in the apartment on the farm, and his folks are elderly. They'd left and, and retired their ministry to help them. He couldn't even go to the house and tell them that she passed away. She'd had other medical issues. We'd prayed for her, but she was only like 67 years old. And so he asked me, Kathy and I, to come, and we're going to help with the funeral. And so we need to pray for them. And uh, keep the Gantt family in your prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Dr. Gantt, his folks, and every family member now. We pray for the Holy Ghost, who is the comforter, to comfort them and strengthen them all in the inner man. We pray, Father God, that you will send labors to cross their path in the days ahead to encourage them and help lift their hands up. Father, we thank you, Jesus, you're made wisdom unto Dr. Gant in, in preparing the funeral and all the details in Jesus' name. And, Father, we pray for healing. We pray, Lord God, you heal the brokenhearted. And so we thank you, Lord God, for supernatural healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and I lift, lay my hands on this hamstring. I speak healing for the name of Jesus. That's where the healing is. Healing is in the name of Jesus. Lord, we loose healing and supernatural covering in that hamstring in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray for her eyes. Lord, will not walk according to contradictory circumstances or what we hear, but we loose that anointing, Lord, to flow into those hot eyes. In Jesus' name, we call her eyes blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we call her eyes blessed and we loose healing upon her. Healing for those eyes in the days ahead that she'll see clearly and you'll open her eyes that she might behold wondrous things from your law in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Gallstones. your hand. Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Well, God bless you. And God bless. Have a safe trip back to Denver. Amen. God bless the Ramah students of 1983. Every one of them. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. Have a good week.